From the PSIA, AASI Safer at Home Studios in Nederland, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to First Chair. Very special guest this morning, Christine Cowart is joining us. And Christine is a trauma specialist who's going to be giving a webinar for PSIA, uh, Introduction to Trauma-Informed Care and Snow Sports Instruction, and you'll get a CEU for that. Uh, it takes place September 22nd from 6 to 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Christine, thank you very much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. Now, Christine, tell us a little bit about yourself, trauma specialist. That, that sounds very unique. You know, I started as a policy analyst in human services, and at all the same time, I was an adaptive snow sports instructor, and I started to recognize that there were certain things that happened in a person's life that could impact their health outcomes and their overall well-being, and the name for this was trauma. And when I started to see all the different ways it can impact a person, I was just bowled over. And the more I looked into it, the more research I came across that said that this was really significant. So I made it a personal focus of mine and of my research to try to figure out how this was impacting people and what kind of impact we could have to make things better for people. Christine, there are so many different types of trauma, physical trauma, emotional trauma, mental trauma, uh, and I would assume that one could beget the other. Uh, I mean, the emotional trauma you would uh, deal with after suffering a a tremendous injury, anything like that. Can you get into that a little bit with us? Yeah, so trauma really can be anything. The way it's defined is essentially it's something that happens to person, to a person that has lifelong lasting effects, specifically if the person feels that their health or well-being or physical safety, their actual life was in danger during the event. So that can really be anything, and it differs from person to person what they might find traumatic. So examples might include certain things that go on in the home, witnessing violence, abuse, neglect, but it also can include things that happen in your community. Uh, It can include everything from violence in the community to the impacts of poverty or, or the impacts of structural racism on a family. And it can, it could be weather events like living through a really bad hurricane, like the people who lived through Katrina and the things that that could have impacted their, the way that could have impacted their lives. And I would assume living through COVID is causing a lot of this as well. Absolutely. It's resulting in a lot of isolation. And we know that the more people are isolated, the more anxiety ramps up and it can lead to to suicidal ideation in the extreme. But even without that, we have so many people who are experiencing loss. Loss not only in the form of losing people in their lives that they care about, but even ambiguous loss, which is more about your 
social norms, you know, kids not being able to hang out with their friends, or last year the seniors who didn't get to graduate. So there's so many different ways. And while we think of not graduating as being, you know, a really extreme example of something you might call trauma, the problem is that it's harder to ask for help about. So people are struggling and they don't feel like they can necessarily reach out because there's so many people who might have it worse than them. I think you bring up a really good point right there. And I'm, I'm seeing a real connection to snow sports instruction as well here because it seems like it's all too easy for us to often belittle someone's concern. Like you're saying, high school graduation, which may not have meant a lot to me, but, you know, to say that to someone who it's very important to would be terrible. Right. Um, and then think about things that kids might have been looking forward to throughout their their whole high school career, like the prom. You know, it just, you know, they might have been saving up for that limo and the dress and the girl that they were going to ask out, and now it's all been wiped away. So it really can... and impact people differently and yet they might not feel the ability to reach out and seek help because they know that other people are experiencing things that might seem worse. So all of this can lead to frustration, pent up. It, it comes out in, the, in lots of different ways, but one of the ways we see it frequently is either anxiety or withdrawal both of which can really impact a person when they're trying to learn a sport. You know, just a moment ago, I was saying I can see some connection here to snow sports because I'm thinking of someone who's maybe been really scared about something that is causing what appears to us to be just a very flat section of snow. But if that person is unable to stop or control themselves, that can be terrifying Mm -hmm. for them. Right. So, Christine, I know you're going to really be getting into depth in this in the webinar, but if you could just touch on it a little bit for us in the podcast, how do you see this affecting us with snow sports instruction? So it can really impact a person's anxiety level, and that's where I see it the most. You end up with students who are in your lesson who might be experiencing a lot higher level or a much lower threshold for their anxiety, which means that something that might not have made them feel very anxious before or in a different situation might now. And a great example is a person who has the skills to ski something, skied things similar to this in the past, but today they just have a block and they don't feel comfortable or able to make it down a certain pitch. So having the skills to recognize that and to address it and to help bring that person's anxiety down a notch so that they can successfully get through it or so that they can feel safe is what this is all about. So what are some ways that we can recognize this in our students and guests? We're going to go over the signs and symptoms of trauma and the impacts of trauma in the webinar, but essentially when you see a person who 
is exhibiting signs of worry or anxiety at a level that just seems not not proportional to what the risk is in what you would and think that they would typically see that risk as, that's going to be your first tip-off. So essentially, if the person is in a, in a situation that you would think is safe and equal to their ability and they are reacting as though they can't get through it, that's going to be the first thing that you're going to want to key into. And the way you do that is by building relationships with the individual. You're going to be able to identify when they get to that part. And hopefully they'll be able to tell you when they're feeling that. But that's not always the case. Christine, this sounds amazing. Uh, With the webinar, is that interactive with people that are going to be attending? It's going to be a webinar format, so while I won't be able to see or have people on screen who are interacting, they will be able to submit questions through either the question and answer box or the chat box, and hopefully at the end of the presentation, I'll have enough time to respond to any questions we receive. If I don't, we're going to collect those questions and hopefully I'll have the contact information to be able to email people after the fact. And for anybody who wants further information, I can always be reached through my organization, which is the Cowart Trauma-Informed Partnership, or COTIP. And I can be reached at Christine at COTIP, which is C-O-T-I-P-U-S-A dot com. And I can always answer questions through there. I do offer additional trainings and consultation for people who want to really take this and build it into their specific snow supports program. I am happy to work with you on ideas on how to do that and on how to modify your physical space to make it more more welcoming and less, less activating for individuals who might be experiencing anxiety or some of these effects of trauma that we've talked about. You know, we've been doing a series on family privates. I can see how this could be uh, very important in lessons such as that. Yeah, you know, the, the whole idea of walking into a ski area, the lodges bustling, although who knows what that's going to look like this year, you know, um, but typically you have an overcrowded, loud lodge with lots of people who might be bumping into one another and, you know, layers of clothes all over <laughs> that you hopefully aren't <laughs> tripping on. And it's a very sensory packed experience. And to someone who is experiencing anxiety, that could be very distressing, and then you add to that, you go out on the snow, and there are loud noises from the snow guns, and there's crowds, again, with close contact, and then you're adding to it this whole idea of not having a solid foundation for your base because you're sliding. There's so many different things that are going on sensory-wise 
that typically we think about in adaptive instruction, but we don't think about it across the board in other disciplines. And yet there's, if a person's experienced trauma, these are exactly the things we need to be thinking about because they're exactly the things that could trigger an individual. And that's the last thing we want to do. This has me thinking of, uh, people in a group lesson where they just aren't performing well in front of others because there's a lot of stress there to uh, do something in front of other people. Or if you're with a family lesson and mom and dad maybe sit out a run and the kids just blossom when they're with you. Absolutely. And we're going to be talking about stress and how stress isn't necessarily a bad thing. We need it to learn, but we have to make sure that it's positive stress. And because when it becomes too much or too prolonged, that's when we enter that risk area of making it an uncomfortable situation and possibly even traumatic to the individual. So just the the number one thing I can express is that this is about your client feeling safe. And there's a million different things that can impact that. And you really have to look and think about your specific ski area and your specific organization. Um, Something you never would have imagined, but where I typically teach, on the other side of the mountain range, there is actually a firing range. And you can hear the loud ammunition going off. And that is clearly triggering to someone or can be clearly triggering to someone who has been in a war zone. So there's a lot of very specific things that we're not going to address, but I'm hoping to lay the foundation so people can think about their location and apply it. Christine, this sounds amazing. Really looking forward to seeing your webinar. Um, If people are interested in joining, they can follow the link in the podcast description, this podcast description, to register for Christine's webinar. And uh, again, you will find a link there. The title, Introduction to Trauma-Informed Care in Snow Sports Instruction, takes place December 22nd from 6 to 7.30. That's Eastern Time in the evening. And you get a continuing education credit. Uh, Christine Cowart, anything else you'd like to say to our membership? Yeah, it really comes down to being in strong relationships with people. And if that's not what we're already doing at Snow Sports Instructors, we've missed the boat. So come on out, learn a little bit about the signs to help you identify what's happening, what a person might be experiencing. And I really think that this is something that can relate to all disciplines and i hope to see you is it next tuesday september 22nd christine cowart thank you so much for joining us on first chair i really appreciate it and look forward to seeing you at the webinar take care from the psia asi safer at home studios in netherland colorado i'm george thomas